Well, good morning, Chapel Point. How's everyone doing? Yeah, I like it. Well, we're so glad you guys are here. My name is Luke, and I'm a transformed follower of Jesus. And so wherever you find yourself, if you're here in one of our spaces or if you're online, whether you are here physically but maybe not mentally or you just feel spiritually disconnected, our hope and our prayer this morning is that as you step into this place and as we gather as God's people in person and online and open his words, that God would transform us. And then as he transforms us each day, we would follow after him in greater and more powerful ways. That's what we're after as his church this morning. And we're in the middle of this series going through the book of 1 John, this letter written by a a man who walked so closely with Jesus and his whole objective in the gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and even in the book of Revelation is to help people get closer to Jesus because when that happens, we are transformed and we are changed from the inside out. And that is what John is helping us in this idea of intensifying our faith, seeing that dial turned up some more for us. So I want you to grab a Bible. Um, you can follow along on our app. You can uh, read some of the scriptures on the screen with us. Uh, but we're just going to dive into God's word, see what he has for us this morning, and allow him to transform us. So I know in this season, many of you are, are like myself, and you find your faith being tested. And you find yourself kind of asking these questions, but what we're seeing in this letter is really this way to help us examine where our faith is and where our belief is and and what does that look like and how do those things interact? How does our faith inform our day-to-day life and the way that we live and act? And so I'm just excited to open God's Word with you this morning. So will you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? If you're in our gym, go ahead and stand on up. If you're at home, grab the family and stand up and read with us because what happens often is sometimes we just need a little shift in our physical posture to allow God to move in our hearts and so that we can fashion and form us. So that's why we stand is to allow God to do that in the honor of his word. So let's begin reading in 1 John chapter 2 starting in verse 7. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard, and at the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. It goes on in verse 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You may be seated. And as we continue, let us pray, ask God to to fill our hearts and our minds to focus on him and allow Holy Spirit to do an incredible work through his word and through what we're going to talk about through one another, the brothers and sisters here in this room and online, wherever we find our Selves. So, Father, we come this morning, and my prayer really, God, is this, is that we would recognize our deep need of you. That we would come in this place, God, and we would, we would have this, um, this flag, this alert inside of us just going off and waving, saying, 
I am in need of a God who can save me, a God who can redeem me, a God who can help me navigate the circumstances that are in my life, whatever they may be. God, would you help us see our need of you this morning? God, and I pray that as we do that, Holy Spirit, you would fill this room. You'd fill the rooms of whoever is hearing your word and gathering around it this morning. And God, I'm even reminded this morning that we have so many brothers and sisters spread across West Michigan and this country and across the world. God, I pray that in those rooms, your spirit would fill them at Redemption, at Wellspring, at Grace Community, at Fairhaven, and so many other churches across this community. God, I pray you would fill their spaces. You would fill their hearts, God, and they would continue to be transformed by your word. And God, I love that we get to be the church together. God, you have so much more for us and so much in store for us. So may your word be heard, God, by each of us today. May it cause us to follow you closer. May we be obedient to you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I love uh, picking up where Pastor Joel left off last week, and he said something that we were on vacation uh, that last Sunday, and so, but how cool is it that we could grab the iPad and we could watch and tune in? I love that we're able to do that. Wherever we are, we can always still stay connected to God's Word as the family here at Chapel Point, and it was just a cool opportunity uh, for my little guys to be running around in the hotel room, but for, for us to just listen to God's Word, and he said something that just like came out of nowhere. We were kind of packing our bags and getting ready to come home. And he just said something, like he just like just kind of like pulled a pin out of a grenade and kind of threw it in the room and just started messing with me. So thanks, Pastor Joel, appreciate that. While I'm on vacation, messing with me a little bit. But he said something, and, and I, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to last week. But he said, belief translates to your behavior. Belief translates to your behavior. And what we find in this letter that John is writing is he's helping brothers and sisters, followers of Jesus, to understand that is the belief that drives the behavior. But maybe many of you are in this room like me growing up and kind of trying to figure out my faith. So often we come to this place of scripture and we look at it like this checklist of behaviors. We look at it as this thing that, all right, if I can master these tasks and I can, you know, check these off the list, then I'm in a right relationship and a right standing with God. But when in fact the other thing is, is, that's not true, but it's the opposite, that what I believe and trust in allows and flows into my actions. Our behaviors don't dictate our belief, but our belief dictates our behaviors. And John is trying to help the believers. This is a new, younger generation of people who are encountering Jesus, are being transformed by him, but he's coming to them and saying, it's not a list of rules. It's not a checklist that you get into heaven, that you step into this relationship because you mastered the skills of the Christian faith. That's not what he's after. But what he is going to try to do is to help us examine our behaviors to determine our beliefs. And I love what Pastor Joel said that last week because it really began to kind of stir in me. And it reminded me, if you go back to verse 5 in chapter 2, it says this, but whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. When you, when you keep the word of God, it, it's not this behavior that you have to keep it, but it's because what God has done and your belief about who God is and the love that he has for you, it can begin to be seen in your actions, in your words, and how you live out your life. That love of God is perfected. By this, by this understanding, by examining our behaviors to determine our beliefs, we may know that we are in him. 
anybody in today, like you just kind of feel everything's a little bit uncertain, that you're walking on shaky ground in, in the world today? There's one thing we can step into and we can say for certainty, I know that I am with Jesus. I am with God the Father because I am abiding with him. By this we may know. We have the possibility of knowing that we are walking in that relationship. That not only are we walking, but we are in him. And who's he talking about there? Jesus. We may know that we are in him today. We can have some certainty of that today, but it takes a little self-examination. It takes a little bit of kind of peeling back our hearts and our minds and being willing to be honest with ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, would you do a work in me? Would you reveal some things in me today that would allow me to make sure that I am abiding in you? And I love that John tees it up for us. Maybe one way you can ask this question, if you want to take some notes, is not on the screen, but do my actions reveal that I am a transformed follower of Jesus? That's kind of a good question, and that's essentially what John is asking of us this morning. And he goes on to say, by this we know we are in him, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So that's where we walked from last week, moving into this week. And it's this idea. We know we are transformed followers of Jesus when we keep his commandments. And that's what we just read in verse 7. He says, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard from the beginning. And at the same time, it is a new commandment. Anyone, wherever you are, did you just go, huh? Because when you read it, he's saying, hey, I'm writing you no new commandment, but the commandment you heard from the beginning is this old thing, but I'm going to write you a new commandment. What? what? Come again, John. Can you slow down and say that one more time? And it leads us to this, this question, what is he talking about? What is the commandment that he is leading us to? Um... So let me, where, where are some kids in the room, in, in, in this room? Can you help me out? Where are some young people? Raise your hand. There you are. All right. So uh, do you know what this is, my friend? Kind of. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we just take a gigantic stab, and what, what would you call this, uh, this circular object? Music? I'll, I'll do, do preach, brother. You're, about, you're already like in my like wheelhouse. You are right. It has something to do with music. But where, where are my um, more mature people? Well, right over here. What, what do you call this circular object? It's a record. That's right. I love in the first service, I, I asked the same question, and, and the kid goes, it's a CD. <laughs> Doesn't fit. It Doesn't fit. But what happens is, how many of you, uh, if you've been to a store, these things called uh, brick-and-mortar stores, you can buy these again. How many of you were around when they first came out? Can I just like ask that question? <laughs> Don't date yourself too much. We love you. Um, this was a form of way to listen to music, and it's changed from records to eight tracks to tapes to CDs, and now you have as much music as you could ever want on your phone and on the internet in some ways. But something so old is becoming new again. There is a nostalgia about it. There is something that happens when you take a record and you drop it on the table and you, you play with these little levers, you know, and it lifts it up and it's really cool. And then you put it down and it eventually, when you turn it on, it's going to drop and going to start to play some music. <laughs> 
oh yeah it's got some 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 vibe to it there's something about vinyl that is unique it begins to have that 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 thing that you can't put your finger on but it's that that scratch that grit that you're like listen young kids that's music right like that's the thing and, and, and in reality, uh, even our younger generation, we're coming up and we're saying, I want something that's authentic. I want something that's real. I want something that is old and has some roots because we live in a day and an age where everything seems so uncertain. So if we had a little something to anchor ourselves on, it may do us some good because music is this powerful thing that draws people together, brings peace to our souls, gives us energy when we need to kind of ramp up and, and step into it. And you think about something as old and as cool as a record, it is that. What my brother said, it, it's, it's music. And what John is saying in this passage, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but an old commandment that you heard from the beginning. And what he's saying is from the beginning is when they heard the gospel message, when they began to realize who they are in Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world, God so loved them, that he is willing to die for their sins in order that they may have everlasting life here and forevermore. He's saying, I'm writing you that message, but, but I want us to understand that that gospel message has been something that has been woven through history forever. And in fact, I want you to write this down, Deuteronomy chapter 6. What is that commandment that John is drawing us back to? It's this commandment that we are meant to walk in a relationship with God, that we are meant to love him. And it is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's this beautiful passage that the people of Israel would anchor themselves around something old yet it's meant to become something new and fresh every day here O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one this recognition of who God is and then the commandment to follow you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart and it goes on from there this passage I encourage you to read it because it's still so practical it's so new for us today but this old commandment this message of the gospel is in fact found in something much deeper and much more um, robust this love of God here O Israel love God with all your heart all your soul and all of your might and it's made new in Jesus Christ it is refreshed in Jesus Christ because it goes on and he speaks to the people and it's written down by John himself in the Gospel of John 13 34 a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another this old commandment to love God with all that you are with all of your being with all of your soul and all of your might is translated into this behavior, this belief of who God is and the love he has for us, this commandment, is translated into how we love one another. And in fact, there's a moment where Jesus is questioned. and says, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Because so many people still approach, and even then, approached their faith as a checklist. Jesus, um, question, please, will you answer this? What is the greatest commandment? Because they wanted to know are they on the right track? Are they in the ballpark when it comes to their faith? And Jesus calls out the Shema from Deuteronomy. 
that you would love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And the second is like it, that you would love your neighbor as yourself. This is found in Matthew 22, if you want to write that down and read through that later. He emphasizes that this, the new commandment, it's this old commandment, but it's made new in how people care for and love one another. And I, and I love uh, what my brother here said. He said, I, when we asked, what is this? And he said, it's music. It doesn't matter the shape or the form, whether it's a record or a CD or whether it's your phone. It's music. And what I find really interesting about music, I like music. I'm nowhere near a good musician by any stretch of the imagination. I know enough to be dangerous. And what's happening right now is even more dangerous because this is not the instrument I actually know. But what I do know is that music is the same across the ages. What's something so simple, yet is so profound, and yet is still moving us today. Something like 12 notes. Woo, got there. The chromatic scale, 12 simple notes. These 12 notes are the same notes that Bach and Beethoven and countless amazing musicians and songwriters have used to write the melodies that have become the soundtracks to your life, to the songs you dance to at your wedding, to the songs you sing over your children. Those same 12 notes have become this, this melody, if you will, and, and this is where it even gets more dangerous because what happens is those 12 notes, I, I know a little bit to be dangerous, but you know what? I'm not a Pastor Nathan. I can take a few notes and I can play them. But you, and that's okay. And that's good. But those same 12 notes are made new through me, through whatever I put together. And those notes become melodies. And those melodies get harmonies. And those harmonies find rhythms. But you put, a, uh, you put Pastor Nathan or many of you who know how to play music, and those same 12 notes become something so beautiful and so profound. The old commandment that God writes is this story, this song of love. It's this song that has been sung from the ages that holy is our God and in his holiness, yet he chooses to love a broken people like you and I, and he chooses to step into our story to write another verse and to play a new melody through that. And then that love is then transforming us so that it becomes new again through you. So he says in the passage, right, he says, I am writing you. No new commandment, this old commandment that you would love God and that you would love people, that this is the command they've heard from the beginning as they were meeting Jesus, that this is what changes us. God's love transforms us, and that love is meant to help us be transformative in our culture, in our community, and in our families around us. I'm not writing you a new commandment, but an old commandment that you've heard from the beginning, this age-old song. And at the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you. It's a new commandment that I'm writing to you. The reality is that living out the old is the new thing. Living out the old is the new thing for us. Because when God 
moves in us and transforms us. He's inviting us to take the same notes of love. He's inviting us to take the same melodies of love and then to put them and wrap them in your heart and your creativity and your mind and allow that to go out and to influence the people around you. It's an old thing, but it's meant to be a new thing through you. Let God's love flow from you and move through you. Living out the old, it's the new thing. It is what we are called to do. And I love what one uh, writer said as, as I was studying. I just came across this, and I'd love to just read this through you to help uh, maybe clarify th- this thought that God's love is meant to move through you. The beam of light that shines out from God through Jesus and through us into the world is the beam of love. And one day this light will cover the earth like waters cover the sea. Yes, Lord, amen, I pray for that today. That the beams of his love would cover the earth like waters cover the sea. But for now it has already begun to shine in Jesus and in those who walked the way he walked. In those who walked the way he walked, those who are transformed followers of Jesus. The light is shining already through you and through him. To the degree that the gospel makes headway in the world and transforms people into those who love like Jesus. God's love transforms us to love like he loves. To the degree that the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. That is what we see in this passage. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you. This commandment to love God is so deeply rooted. It is who Jesus is. And it is now becoming true in you because God's love is transforming you who follow after him. And you can begin to examine your behavior and your actions to find out if those things are true of you. So we're going to continue to read because we now get to that examination part to really see, all right, so here's the commandment that we would love God and that we would walk in that love and love others. He's going to put it to the test, and he's going to start right here with us. So let's continue reading in verse 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. What I want us to to understand very quickly and just kind of this phrase to wrap around that loving others begins with loving God. But that love of God is seen in how we love one another. It is seen in how we care for one another. In this passage, he's saying, whoever is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. So we have to ask the question, who, who is the brother Who is uh, the brother? Which is the same question the Pharisees asked of Jesus in Matthew 22 when they said, he must love your neighbor as yourself. The question is, well, then who's my neighbor? And what does that look like? But this particular one dives in a little deeper. It's not just the neighbor and the people in proximity to you and the people you will encounter in your day-to-day life. But he's actually talking about the church. He's actually talking about the new believers that he is writing to in this passage. And the way I would translate it for us today is, Do you love the people that are part of Chapel Point, that that call this place home, that are brothers and sisters in Jesus, and we gather in this place, and and online, and in our venues, we call this place home? And I'll tell you what, guys, like, this place, for my family, has become home. 
Chapel Point is a refuge. It is a safe place for my children. It's a place they love to come. It is home. And for many of you, you can identify with that. And so to begin to love others and to see the world transform, John starts right here in the house, in our house, if you will. If you say you love your brother, or, but if you hate your brother, he is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. He's talking about how we, the church, interact and engage with one another. It reminded me of this quote I'd heard a long time ago when I was in junior high or high school. And it says, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. So the single greatest cause, and this is this, this author's thought, and, it's, and there's some truisms in here. It says the single greatest cause of atheism today in the world is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips but walk out the door in a completely different lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And what I see in this passage, and maybe a way I would rephrase this is, the single greatest stumbling block for people in the world today is when followers of Jesus can't love one another. When followers of Jesus, people who claim the name of Jesus Christ, can't love and get along in their own house, that is the thing that is the greatest stumbling block for the world around us. The people who are far from Jesus, the people who are in need of Jesus, we are saying, we have the answer, but oh, hey, by the way, let me put a gigantic stumbling block in your way because I can't stand that person across the road. I can't live, and I can't interact, and I can't talk, and I can't pray for that person because fill in the blank of whatever reasons. On school campus, if you know kids, students go to other churches, and your words and your actions towards them reveal something else, that is the biggest stumbling block for the people who are far from Jesus. And same thing in your workplaces. If you find yourself knowing that so-and-so is a part of Chapel Point or another local church, and yet you, your actions and your words, and more importantly, your heart and your mind towards them, is something other than the love that God has poured out into you, that is a gigantic stumbling block for the world around us. We see this in the passage. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. So when we love one another, when we care for one another, when we fight for one another, when we pray for one another, you know what you do? You just move the stumbling block out of the way, and you open a path for the lost to find hope, for the broken to find healing, for those who are in need to find the answers to their questions. And, and I mean, I'll just be honest with you guys. This past couple days, I had to repent uh, to, to a friend of mine. Just I had a judgmental heart to a guy who I knew was a believer. And I, I, something was in my head. I hadn't verbalized anything to anybody. But it was just a weird, negative, like, gross thought that I was just like, man, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I need to apologize and just repent to you as some brothers because my heart and my mind was not right towards another believer. What I was doing in my heart and my own mind was putting a stumbling block. I wasn't playing the music of God's love and allowing it to be made new through me. In fact, I was, what I was doing is I was turning it off and saying, I'm done with it. 
just in my heart and my mind. And when we don't check those, those thoughts and those, be, those beliefs and those ideas become behaviors and they become actions. And this, is, it just breaks my heart. Because this is often what the church is known for, what we're against. The way that we are negative towards one another, where we divide instead of come together in the amazing and overwhelming love that God has poured out for us. John wrote earlier in the Gospel of John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you are to love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Jesus repeats it to, to really emphasize this is how the world can see who Jesus and the love that God has for them is the way that we love one another. Because this is what he says in verse 35. And it's kind of, it's, it's heavy for me to even just read out loud. Because it's, it's not that we have to do it for God. God has already loved us and cared for us enough. But it's that we get to walk. We get to be a part of his work here in this community and beyond. Because verse 35 says, by this, by this love you have for one another, by tapping into the song that God has been singing of love over his people for generations and for generations, by this love for one another, all people, he says, verse 35, by this all people, all people, all across the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And if the world knows we are his disciples, then that means they get to know the Savior. Because it's not about us, and it's not about our desires, and it's not about our comforts, and it's not about anything of ourselves. It's about the love that God has poured out. And the love he has shown to you and to me. He is playing this song for the world to hear, and he wants you to tap into it. He wants it to be made new through you. He wants you to add your little flair, and he wants you to play that note in that community, in that conversation, whatever God is lining up. He's asking that the world would know that through the love we have for one another, he would be seen. And if we're really honest with ourselves, if we look across the world right now, and maybe it's just me, and y'all can help me out later, but it feels like the world's trying to fracture across every issue. Political, scientific, schooling choices, masks, no masks. The world is pulling apart at the seams. But by this, the love we have for one another, a love that Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that I would lay down my life for a friend. And Jesus tells us in John 17, you're my friends if you do what I command. If your belief in who I am is revealed in these behaviors, if it's made new through you, the world will know that we are his and that he is God. That he is good. Because the reality is, this division, this isn't a new thing. From the beginning, 
From the beginning of time, God created us to walk in relationship with one another. From the beginning, God said, let there be man, let there be woman, and let them be fruitful and multiply. Let there be some brothers and sisters in the house. But sin steps in. Our willing to choose ourselves, to place ourselves higher than the call of God. Sin steps in and it breaks our relationship with God. And it breaks our relationship with one another. Where we were meant to be brothers and sisters, whole and healthy and loving and giving, we see in the early parts of the story. In the book of Genesis, a brother takes another brother's life because of jealousy, of frustrations. In this whole book, in every story, in every encounter that you and I have had, we find that place where brothers and sisters are hurting one another, who say they're followers of Jesus. But praise be to God that there's our big brother Jesus who steps into the story. And he says, this isn't how it's supposed to be. This isn't what it's supposed to look like. And because he loved us enough, he takes our sin on himself, on the cross, and he leaves it there. Wherever there is tension, wherever there's animosity, wherever there's brokenness, wherever there's anger, wherever there's hate, Jesus takes it on himself and he leaves it at the cross. He puts it in the grave, and three days later, our big brother walks out to give us life and to bring the brothers and sisters back together. He walks out of that grave, and he invites us. What he does in that moment is he just, just makes a huge highway for the lost and the brothers and sisters to come back to God through his death and through his resurrection. And one day, one day, friends, he's coming back. That's the hope I have. That's what I understand from scriptures. One day he's coming back, and he's making all things new. Yes and amen, and I'll take that today, please, because brokenness stinks. Tension with other people in the church is tough. But we're called to something so much more. We are called to be obedient to him. Our obedience is seen in how we live in relationship with one another. Our obedience is seen in how we live in relationship with one another. This is the fruit of the gospel of believing in Jesus, allowing Holy Spirit to transform us and shape each moment of our days. So I want to invite you today to allow your faith to increase. I want to invite you as the brothers and sisters in this place to stir one another up in brotherly love and sisterly love. I want to invite you to stir up our faith together, to do the work that God has set before us, to join in the song, to sing and to play and to bring the love that God has for you. This old commandment, may it be new through you. May it be new through all of you that as you step out of this place, may the ground shake. May the sound of the believers all across West Michigan be loud and undeniable. That it would be sweet and inviting to those who are lost, to the brothers and sisters that are yet to come. May they hear the sounds of home. 
the sounds of love, the thing that we all long for. And if we are transformed followers of Jesus, we have tasted and we have seen and we've been in that house and it is time to call some family back home. So I invite you today to trust in Jesus. If you don't know what that is, we want to talk with you about that. Because it's so good. It's so good that he is good. And if you are a follower, you are a transformed follower of Jesus, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Now is the time when the world feels like it's about to just go crazy. Now is the time for the church to be the church. To love like no one loves. Sacrificially giving just like God has loved us. Scripture reminds us we love not, not because we love first, but because He has loved us first. So Father, I come and I just thank you for I thank you for these brothers and sisters that are here. I thank you for just selfishly, even just thinking that four, almost four years ago, these people became family. This group of people has become a home for my family. But yet, God, I know this house is not complete until your sons and your daughters come home. So may the love that we have for one another, God, may it be so radiant. May it shine bright because it is already true in you, Jesus. You are shining as a bright light. May it shine through us. May we in this moment just be overwhelmed with the love you have for us. That we cannot be anything other than transformed as we walk from this place. God, you, <laughs> it doesn't make sense that you would love us so much. But yet for your glory and for your purpose, God, you allow your love to be this amazing thing that changes us. That helps us find peace. That helps us become whole. So God, we come realizing our need of you. And we want to trust you be obedient to you. And we pray this in the amazing and the mighty name of our big brother, Jesus.